0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Positively Midwest Podcast. My name is Steve Jerns, and across from me, as always, is my lovely wife, Catherine.
1: Well, hello there, Mr. Jerns, and hello, everybody.
0: So, we are in episode 68, you guys, which is super great. We're just trucking right along. We're trying to show everybody a little bit of positivity in the Midwest and all over the globe, hopefully. I don't know who this person is from Ireland that pops up every so often, but we're stoked that uh, he checks us out. So, um... Tonight, we have a very special guest. Um, we have uh, Joe Scarpolino, Smoking Joe, if you will, and uh, he's got a hell of a rap sheet. He's with Dead, Dead Larry, Iron Star, Galactic Get Down Music Festival, uh, Parallax TV and Crowdcast, and uh, Get Down, Enterprises, and Space Monkey Mafia. And uh, he's going to tell us some uh, great things about counseling and destigmatizing mental health. And in fact, I'd like to read this little post he had, which really lit me up the other day uh, or about a month ago. And it said, as a part of my ongoing journey to better my mental health, I'm heading to my first ever full psych evaluation. I've had this appointment scheduled for a couple of months, and I'm genuinely looking forward to learning more about my own brain. Normalize mental health and help this help. And the stigma people especially men should never feel that taking time to work on mental health is showing weakness i hope that if you are feeling unsure about your own mental health that you take the steps you need to feel better no shame only love and i had to reach out to this guy when i saw it joe would you like to say hi to everybody hi everybody Uh, i'm joe (laughs) perfect so where does smoke and joe come from
2: Oh, man, I was named by my hometown bar. The bar I played at more, probably more, I don't know, more than anywhere at this, and at this point. But at the time when I was coming up in Iowa City, Iowa, there was a bar called the Yacht Club. And the owner and manager of the Yacht Club uh, booked Dead Larry a lot. I was very adamant about playing with all the touring acts and and just building up the scene. And uh, I, I had wanted to open up for Pertner Sandstone. I was a huge fan. I hadn't met these guys yet. Uh, which is funny because now they're my friends. But at the time, I was very nervous, and I, I had this acoustic guitar songs that I played, but I didn't have a name for it. But I was like, just name me whatever, and they named me Smoking Joe because I, I was a pack-a-day smoker at the time. Oh. Uh, and uh, and then, I mean, it just kind of stuck. And then uh, I just started using it because my last name is, it's long and it's frightening uh, <laughs> if you've only read it a lot of times. You know, if you've never said it out loud, uh, and then you, and you make the attempt, I understand because I host my own show and I've, I've read some names in my head and I'm like, I have no idea how this is going to come out of my mouth. So I make it easy on folks, uh, <laughs> to just be smoking Joe. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just kind of stuck with it. It, uh, you know, and I mean, if it's not broke, you know, there, there are other smoking Joe's there smoking Joe Frazier. It was a boxer, I think in the, uh, I want to say the sixties. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then there's another like blues player named Smoking Joe, and I've never said his name out loud. It starts with a K, but uh, you know we don't really cross paths a lot. No, no, there's never been any, any confliction. You know, what I mean, it's very. We have the same name, but I think we're all very
0: distinctly different. Well, I hope I didn't butcher it then.
1: Scarpolino. Oh no,
2: you were very yeah. It was it was. I mean, it, from what I scarpol Scarpolino. Yeah. The, uh, so I think I think you were very if, if you didn't nail it, then you got very close because I didn't have any like reaction. <laughs> <laughs> OK, good. Uh, so, if- but, uh, you know, people people have gone to call me scallop potatoes, Saskamoche. <laughs> uh, you know, they just they just see the SCA and they go to town and they just have a good time. <laughs> so so it's, it's all it's all good with me.
0: <laughs> awesome. So, uh, obviously, I read your your post, which uh, I really appreciate. That's kind of how I started my journey. Uh, I had a pretty rough childhood, and, and our marriage has um, kind of been rocky here and there. And uh, a couple of years ago, I decided to finally actually look into it, and it's been the best decision of my life. And so, a year or so ago, we started Positively Midwest, and that was one of my missions of many, was to... Destigmatize uh, mental health, and also uh, specifically men. You know, there's so much of that Midwest traditional, Absolutely. yeah, tough guy. You know, that kind of stuff. So I really wanted to break that up, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on on some of that being from Minneapolis.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird. I guess I get more of the tough guy attitude. Uh, from my generation, when I lived in Iowa, uh, when I moved to Minneapolis, I met a lot of like progressive people. And the longer I'm here, the more I kind of gravitate towards folks that have been, you know, introduced to mental health in their life and that it is an active part of their life. Uh, but at the same time, like I still have friends that after I made that post had called me and been like, Hey man, I think it's cool. You did that. There's no way in a million years I would ever put that on my, put that on my Facebook, you know, but I think it's cool that you did. And I was like, that's, well, that's a step in the right direction. And I was like, you know, cause it's, uh, you know, it, men have a really hard time being vulnerable and I've never really felt that in my life. So I kind of use it to my advantage. You know, I feel I have my own set of issues, but being vulnerable has never really been a problem for me.
0: So what started you on your journey a few years ago to seek out counseling?
2: Oh man, drugs and alcohol, alcohol mostly. Uh, I, uh, you know, I, 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 I definitely had a pretty great, you know, upbringing, but as I got older, I went through a lot of traumatic events and uh, a lot of death, a lot of, you know, a lot of changes. And, uh, and what had turned from like you know a happy fun party atmosphere turned into a you know an addictive atmosphere and i was drinking way too much i had you know years you know not, not years of lost time but many years with little bits of lost time which i kind of helped identify through therapy time that i literally don't remember um which was kind of a it was it was a real eye opening thing to have a name for like oh there wasn't just this fuzziness in my life like that has a name and it's called lost time, and you should recognize that like that's when my addiction was so bad that I don't remember any points of my life during that. So like I woke up one day after an event, uh, after a music festival, and, and you know, and uh, and I really I just didn't want to feel like that anymore. You know, I'd been meaning to trying to, you know, get my shit together. Or sorry, I don't know if we can swear on here. Get my life sure can. together. <laughs> oh, nice. Cause I can't on my show. So I just like, didn't even think about it. Uh, but you know, uh, <laughs> but I was just trying to get it together. Uh, and I, and I needed some help and I, and I did a lot of research the day after I had been awake for, you know, however many days, two or three days. And, and I, and I had been drinking the entire time and uh, you know, and I just, I didn't want to do that anymore. I didn't want to feel like that anymore. I know it's like, and it's, it's supposed to be fun when you start and it is. But, you know, as I learned through therapy, you know, your, your, your bare minimum starts to raise up and up just to feel normal again. So you're like, your chemicals are all out of whack in your body. And it's, it's just insane. So I, uh, I found a therapist, a counselor, technically, uh, that on her bio online, she referenced some sci-fi themes and I'm super into (laughs) sci-fi and with her, I can talk about my issues and I can relate things to the fandoms that I love so much. So I can be like, this reminded me of this episode of next generation where this happens. And she'll be like, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> like, and, and, uh, it was really just kind of a match made in heaven. I've been with, with her ever since. Um, it, I did, a, I did, I sent messages out to quite a few, you know, and I even talked to a couple other ones, but which I think is important. You know, you kind of, you can't just pick your pick one and go, but, but it's, a. Uh, getting started. That's what it took for me. I mean, I, I, I saw, I saw rock bottom coming up real quick and I didn't want to hit it, I guess.
1: (laughs) That is one really good point about, you know, your counselor is that everyone needs to know it's not a one size or one counselor for everyone. Like if you go to a session and you just don't fully mesh with somebody, seek out a different one. You know, cause you Absolutely. have to find that person that you totally can connect to so that you feel comfortable going and then you're getting the most out of that session.
2: You know, and there's some, there's some people that come from some walks of life that what at no fault to them, what I have to say is good. They're going to judge me for it. You know, whether, whether they're trying to or not, whether they have the answers and I need to know that they at least understand where I'm coming from. You know what I mean? It's not like I don't hold any ill will towards that, but people are just different. They come from different places and. And it's, yeah, it's important to find someone that you, that makes sense to you.
0: Yeah. I think that's something we talk about too. You know, you, you might've gone to a counselor, a therapist, but then you didn't quite connect. And even my own counselor has said that, like, you know, that's totally fine. If we don't connect, I would rather help, you know, maybe I could, I pick up on your personality and I'd rather help find you someone that you would relate to, you know, better instead of just trying to, you know, um, keep pulling stuff out of them and it's just not connecting.
2: And for me, it was super important that I didn't, uh, immediately try to be medicated. You know what I mean? I didn't want to go see a psychiatrist right away. I really wanted to just talk it out. I felt like, I felt like I was so close to being able to do it on my own, but I needed some sort of accountability, Mm -hmm. you know, like accountability buddy is what we call it. (laughs) Uh, you know, where it's like, you know, she, she's not going to stop me. Or tell me how to live my life, but if I set a goal and I reach it, I have to have somebody outside of my immediate, you know, uh, circle to like that will hold me accountable. Or if I don't, you know what I mean. And that's that's what's really important for me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that first part of therapy, obviously being vulnerable, is what scares people the most. But what they don't realize is. At some point, it becomes like talking to a really good friend, but they'll also kind of keep you in line and and give you some exercises if that's your path. But I totally agree with you too on you know doing the the prescription drugs right away. Um, I'm not really a fan in general of prescription drugs. I think that we rely on them too much, you know. Anyways, but absolutely, but yeah, I do appreciate that you throw that out there because there's so many people that have our, our brains and our bodies are so powerful that we can overcome a lot of this stuff on our own. If we, you know, put the right tools in place. And then, you know, and then,
2: and then it's, it's important. I I know some people that have been able to avoid medication with whatever they've been diagnosed. And some people that, you know, have, have done this same thing with medications they've done with a therapist. They try a little bit, they talk about it. You know, there, there's no intention of this fixing it or being permanent, but it's, it's just a matter of like what works for you Mm -hmm. and being willing to, to adjust your ideas as needed. You know what I mean? But yes, I mean, there's a, there's an entire industry that wants you to buy drugs. I mean, you know, the legal ones, especially, you know what I mean? Like they make it easy. They set quotas. I mean, there's not, I mean, it's not a secret, um, you know, that it's a for-profit industry. Uh, so you gotta be careful with any racket, you know what I mean? Whether it's the medical industry or, you know, the, the, you know, any sort of agricultural industry, it's all extremely dangerous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting when you start to dig into that, that can be, quite a rabbit hole but you know there's times my counselor says yeah we um you know she's a counselor not a full-on psychiatrist so she can't really um write a prescription but she'll she'll turn it over to people if they if they need it uh but I think uh, you know everyone is different so that's a great uh phrase that you said too that everyone has their own journey and as long as you're seeking help I don't think there's like a, a wrong way to do that it's what works best for you and everyone's you know, situation or trauma or whatever is different.
2: Absolutely. And it only works if you want it to work. It only works if you, if you show up and you are honest and you do the things that you say you're going to do. I mean, it's therapy is a lot like rehab in the way that like, it only works if the person is willing to do the work. Like otherwise it's just going to take up time and resources and you're going to be right back where you started. It has to be a conscious effort.
1: Absolutely. You got to have to want to make the change. You can't have somebody even like forcing you to try to do something.
2: Absolutely. You know, I mean, and some people may may see the light through other people trying to help, but like most, I don't know, I've never really heard of that happening. I like to think that anything's possible, but it always just comes down to whoever needs the help deciding to get it. You know,
0: what, uh, in your, uh, opinion, what was the toughest part of some of your counseling?
2: I think it came, <laughs> This is, this is funny, but I think it came a month or two in, I not drinking and I still haven't drank it all in like three and a half years. Um, and, but the next month or two when I'm, I'm living my life, but I'm not drinking and I'm going to my shows and, and everything's sort of monotone. There's no ramp up. There's no ramp down. You know, so you're kind of getting used to this, like, okay, I'm not drunk. So there's no, you know, there, I, I feel the same after a show as I did at the beginning of a show. Uh, but what was I going to say? Okay, so it was, it was realizing that a lot of my problems and a lot of my reactions and things that I would blame on my alcohol abuse were just me. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like it was really hard to come to terms with like that's just been your personality and your reaction, your behavior, mm-hmm. uh, which is it's, which you can alter your behavior. So so like, you're taking a really hard look at like after you quit drinking, like that behavior, if it's still there, man, that's just you. Like you can't blame the drugs or the alcohol for just how you are. <laughs> so if, <laughs> you if you're know. saying
1: something you shouldn't, you have to learn how to just not be that. <laughs> like yeah. You have if to if you're to
2: reacting that. in a way that is negative, if, you know, if I'm, if I'm agreeing to do too many things or if I'm, you know, cutting people off in conversation, I'm not drunk. I'm just rude. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Like it's, uh, it's interesting. And then, and once you kind of, re- that was a big, one of the big first realizations that I had. And, and once you kind of understand that you can start to change your habits, change the pattern a
0: little bit. Did you, how did some of your friends react when you decided to be my sober? My friends
2: are, my friends are amazing. My friends reacted very positively, uh, because they saw immediate positive change. I think within the first six months, everyone saw, I mean, not only, was I happier? I was healthier. I was cognizant. You know, they, I would, I would be like coming up with projects. And I actually had three, two other friends, my drummer in iron star, his name's John Hanson. And then the bass player of space monkey mafia, who's kind of my protege, if you will. Uh, <laughs> at least I like to call him that. He's, he's not much younger than me. Uh, but his name is Joe Barron, and they both quit drinking, uh, the month before I did. So it was like, I think John and Joe, then me all within a month. Oh. Uh, uh, and we kind of stuck together as this little trifecta of like, we checked in on each other. We'd hang out together. We would do things uh, and make sure, you know, we'd hang out at these live music events where alcohol is just everywhere, you know, and it's not like I hate alcohol. It's just like, it, it's, it's true. It was triggering, you know, but, uh, but being with these fellas made things a lot easier. So those two, guys, especially. And then of course, I have to say that my wife, she doesn't really care about drinking. You know, we don't have alcohol here. She doesn't mind. You know, I think she has a drink with her friends when they are celebrating something, but like she has no, she never had an issue with it, which blows my mind, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's true. And she, she was there for me day after day, night after night, talking me through it. You know what I mean? Like that she was at home all the time, you know? So, I mean, I was really fortunate to have this like awesome structure community of people that that just, you know, supported me and, you know, they say they're proud of me there. How long has it been? Oh, that's so great. And then you get the drunk people that are like, I'm going to quit drinking too. And you're like, okay, we can talk about that like tomorrow though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so like um, now being still in the music industry, is it hard going to some of these gigs? I mean, I know you said it can be triggering. Is it hard to be around alcohol is it hard to put yourself in those situations if those you know two other buddies aren't there with you or like are people at all pressuring or do they just like respect oh
2: no oh no there's a lot of respect and then, and then you always get like your random dudes that I haven't seen in five years and it's only been three and a half years so last time I saw him I was probably drunk and and they'll offer me something, and everybody's like, ah, oh, and everybody kind of says no for me right away. I'm like, guys, it's fine, <laughs> or y'all, it's it's okay. Like, I'm good, thanks. You know, what I mean, most people, uh, I just say no, or you know, no, thank you. Or people are passing a bottle of Jameson around, I just grab it and hand it to the next person. And It's not a huge deal. I don't make a huge deal about it. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think a lot of my drinking was tied to other issues that I have. You know, worked really hard to to, to like come to terms with. Mm-hmm. So like the actual net and then, and then there's a, speaking of a uh, fun counseling, uh, tools to use the playing it through like, all right, Joe, so you want to drink that booze, right? Well, just let's imagine that you do, what's the next thing that happens. And then what's the next thing that happens and what happens tomorrow. And it's like, well, by the time you get to like, well, I, I don't want to, <laughs> I know what's going to, I know what's going to happen. If I do, I can play it through in my head. I've done it enough times. And by, you know, by the end of the day, I wake up tomorrow, I feel like shit and I feel guilty and then it's over. You know what I mean? Like, and it's like, and that was just a big waste of time and it sets your clock all the way back. You know what I mean? And that's a huge motivator for people that are staying sober is that, you know, that meter of how long it's been mm-hmm. is extre- extremely, helpful. So, so while I, I do tend to leave parties, uh, anywhere between 11 and one these, 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 uh, these days, you know, when people start doing shots of fireball, I usually take off. <laughs> um, and not because I feel triggered, but because I, 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 will get caught in the same stories a bunch of times over. Uh, and I won't, I won't be able to match enthusiasm with their and I'll just get tired and I'll just go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so, I. it, but no one is upset by any means. So, So it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird thing, but I'd like to, I, you know, my community is very supportive and and I don't feel pressured in any way.
1: That's truly a blessing. That's amazing to have. It's
2: crazy. Yeah. It's, it's abnormal I'd say, but you know, I mean, you kind of create that with the, with the positivity of the music scene already, Mm -hmm. you know, and that, and there's a lot of people that have quit before me too, that have tried to stay in the scene. And some people do have to leave because they might not feel pressured by anyone specifically but they put the pressure on themselves yeah. and then, and when that happens, you know, cause I can be fun when I'm not drunk. I'm very, very aware that I can, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not an end all, but there's, you know, there's a lot of ways that it can be. I've seen people have to bow out of the going to festivals and partying and on. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like that more power to them.
0: What do you what are your thoughts on it seems to me like not only ne- necessarily the whole you know world or the US but especially in the Midwest it seems like there's this sort of not like it's a a pressure but sometimes it is but to drink like you go to social events even if it's a fundraiser or if oh, it's yeah. you know whatever it's just like you know, drinking's okay, drink, drink, drink. Um, and it's like what you grow up with, but then there's other alternatives to, you know, um, whatever that is, whether it's like marijuana or, you know, it's just like, that's so, um, accepted and, and whatnot. I don't know. I'm just kind of curious what your thoughts are being sober that long, how often you run into it at different events now.
2: Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it's all, it's everywhere all the time. And people use anything happening as an excuse to drink. Uh, It's very true, you know, but at the same time, usually the things they're using as an excuse are pretty fun. You know what I mean? Like whether it's like, Oh, we're going to go out for brunch. I'm like, sweet. I love brunch. I don't need mimosas at 11 AM, but I'm going to enjoy hanging out with my friends in Sunday morning. You know what I mean? Like, Mm but, but it's like everything you do, whether it's a a fundraiser with champagne or an after party with PBR or whatever, like there's (laughs) always a drink associated with that time. You know, it's like this year on St. Patrick's day, I did literally nothing. I I was like, I'm not, not even going to, you know, it's, there's, there's a lot happening out there in the world and none of it's for me. I'm just going to, just going to chill. And you know, and I'm, I'm sure people had a lovely day. Do you, uh,
0: have you found yourself getting left out of things? Do you think because you're, you're not the the drinker guy anymore oh i'm i'm sure
2: but i don't care uh, uh, you know i'm sure people have left me out of things but i know i know what i'm missing i've been there i was there for you know a decade at least of you know if people aren't inviting me to their drinking parties it's because they know i'm probably like uh, you know i'm a, i'm over it mm-hmm. you know so like i don't know they can leave me out of that stuff all they want <laughs> i guess
0: yeah do you My attitude do you find yourself Telling others or giving them advice on maybe they should stop drinking or how much better you feel now that you don't. Um and does that, you know, cost you any friends that way too or uh I, I hope not.
2: If I have lost any friends that way, I am blissfully unaware of it. Um but I do know I do know that when I do have friends that I see drinking to cope with things, drinking instead of dealing, I'll bring I'll bring it up. Uh, I don't tell, I never would never tell anyone to stop drinking, but I'll be like, I noticed that your alcohol consumption is not, it's not celebratory, dude. Like what you're doing is, you know, masking up your feelings about this, this recent trauma. You know what I mean? And I know everything that's happening and I can see it. And if you tell them that you see them, you know, they might think they're fooling everyone. Mm-hmm. They, they might think that they're like, nobody knows I'm drinking because I'm sad that right now, even though I'm pretending to be happy. <laughs> it's like, I can see you. You know what I mean? And that sometimes breaks down the barrier enough for them to like really look at it themselves. And sometimes it doesn't. Uh, but I, you know, I feel like I feel like I would only I would only approach someone's someone unless I felt like they were a danger to themselves. You know what I mean? If they were if I saw their their life, you know, being affected in a negative way, because there's so many people, uh, you know, that that aren't addicted to alcohol that do enjoy it. And can have a couple beers and they go bowling and it's not a huge deal. It blows my mind. Um, (laughs) But it's possible.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's, you know, that's, you're coming from a place of care. It's not coming like you're not coming from a place of righteousness when you're doing that for somebody. You're truly coming out of a place of care Like, this is your friend. You're really just trying to look out for him. So it's, you know, how you can come across, like, saying those things, I think, is what some people need to be aware of when they do it. Oh, yeah. As long as you're coming from a good place of love versus just um, high and mighty. You know, there's a different concept. Because
2: if there are drunk people annoying me, I mean, instead of telling them, you shouldn't drink so much, I just leave. (laughs) (laughs) It's like... I just get out of there. Uh, You know, I try to, I do try to make a mental or sometimes a literal note when people approach me about either recently quitting drinking or they want to quit drinking or they're upset about their drinking so that I can talk to them about it later. Um, Because in that bar, that bar atmosphere and that party atmosphere, in that celebratory community atmosphere, you don't really want to like pull them aside and sit them down and try and change their life. But I do kind of reach out, you know, a day, maybe a week later and be like, Hey, I remember we had this conversation. I wanted to see how that's going or what you're thinking just in case like that's what they need. Because people probably told me that, you know, I was drinking too much whilst I was drinking too much. And I don't remember that, Mm -hmm. you know, So, so I try to, I try to be that person uh, when I can, when I have the energy and the, and what, you know, the, when I, you know, and it's it, I try, I it's important not to overextend yourself or also kind of be like this and, you know, superhero figure in your head. You know, I mean, I can't like save people, but, but if they reach out to me personally, I do try to follow up. That's awesome.
0: I always commend people too, when they, you know what? alcoholism i think with it being so prominent in so many situations and it's not like um breaking any addiction is easy at all but if you were addicted to heroin and you get through that more than likely a lot of your friends probably aren't just shooting up heroin all the time but if you you break off alcohol addiction almost everybody is still drinking all the time so that's why i wanted to dive into Mm -hmm. you know your circle of how hard that might have been right and i mean and there are commercials for
2: it it's on the sides of buses Like, (laughs) like it's everywhere man like it is it is the most celebrated intoxicant you know and i mean that i feel you know i feel like it's ludicrous to have alcohol be like the one drug that's that's legal, that like is celebrated and and researched and understood and you know destigmatized. You know what I mean? I feel like that's ridiculous, um, but you know I think I think the way that you know I think our society, especially in America, has dealt with uh, substances in general is just kind of ab- is abhorrible. It's yeah, it's it's terrible. You know it's you know it's it's uh, you know I don't want to get all political. <laughs> about it necessarily, but because uh, that's this is not that show. But <laughs> but it's uh it can be frustrating. Alcohol is everywhere, and uh, you know I still check in on my friends that recently quit drinking. And you and you honestly start to realize who else has already quit drinking. Or you're like, who does? Da- oh, I didn't realize that this guy been hanging out at shows forever. He doesn't drink at all. Like, or she you know her, this couple hasn't drank for twenty years, and I remember seeing them at everything but I didn't realize that they weren't drinking alcohol. You know what I mean? They were just there. And then you start to realize that. And then, you know, so it's like, it becomes more and more common, you know?
1: So we did an episode um, with a girl in our community that had been in uh, opioid addiction. And so she, you know, we asked her about the other forms of, you know, recreational use of drugs. And so her standpoint was like, she didn't believe that you should be able to have recreational marijuana because she thought that that would just be a gateway going back into her opioid opioid addiction and things like that, that she had to quit everything and not be around it. So now do you feel like if you have an addiction to marijuana or if you don't believe like you should be drinking, like do you think that people can still responsibly use some of those other you know, recreational things like marijuana or do you feel like it's all about even playing field?
2: Oh man, I feel that we are a long way away from uh, being able to have drugs, you know, whether it be marijuana or even, you know, higher, you know, more uh, uh, illicit substances. I mean, being legalized. I mean, but we're seeing that happen in in Oregon. And I mean, I think, I think it has to do with Uh, a person's understanding of their own mind, their own neural connections, and then what these drugs literally do. Uh, You know, the more research that's done on them, the more trials, the more like actual scientific studies that are done on these substances, the better we can understand the reactions to our brains, the better we can decide if we are, when we are younger or we are of that age where we want to start experimenting, you can understand this is my brain right now. This is what these things are going to do to it. You can make an educated decision on what to do, and then the chemicals that, if they are legalized, would be what they say they are, which is a big problem in the you know in the trying to recreationally do anything uh, is is you know if if it's not regulated, then it's you have no idea what it is. So I think we're a long way away from that, but I think that if humanity decided to embrace the complexities of the brain and substances, and then learn about them, we could reach a point. Where yeah, I mean, it would be you'd be able to to make those decisions with some with some I don't know uh, education behind <laughs> it without without just you know being like I want to feel different. What do you have? Uh, you yeah, you know, like I think I think that's that's about where I am. But at the same time, I I mean, it has to make it super difficult. You know, like let's say you're in Colorado and you you know, everybody's smoking weed constantly everywhere. I mean, you know, in New York, they just made it legal to smoke weed in public. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a part of our culture and it's, you know, that's the way things are moving. But if you relate that to your other addictions, that's got to make that 10 times as hard. So.
0: Yeah, uh, that's, I really actually like how you explain that. I, I think uh, I'm probably a bit of a proponent of at least some medicinal marijuana. Cause I think that they'll, you know, hopefully they'll find a way to then, you know, make it that's right for you. As you're saying, per the individual, you know, you go into your dispensary with your prescription or whatever, and and then, the, like you say, the more we learn about it, the more that they can, you know, get the right stuff that's for you based on what you need. You know, it seems like some of these cancer patients that can't eat or have nausea or Crohn's disease, you know, some of those I see some really strong benefits from certain CBD or certain... Um, medicinal marijuana. Um, And so back when you said how it's kind of crazy that a drug like alcohol is is so common, not only common, but it's advertised everywhere. And here you have something that's relatively natural, even though it's, you know, we got a hold of it and made it super potent. But either way, (laughs) you know, it's like uh, it's like a step in the right direction of some natural style of medicine instead of these opioids or, just, you know, you have to take six different drugs because they all counteract each other, you know? Yeah, and I
2: mean, you know, op- they used to put opium and, and cocaine in, in medicine that you'd get from your barber before there was a pharmacist. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we've come a long way, uh, you know, from, from you know, being able to buy heroin in a bottle in the Civil War era to now, uh, you know. Uh, it's, it's insane. But I think one of the reasons that we understand, like, the CBD effects, is because it's been legalized in enough places for long enough for the scientists to do their thing.
1: Mm-hmm. You
2: know, it's uh it's it's just kind of a natural evolution. But I think, you know, I think that uh it, it gets really deep when it just comes to like where all the money's made. You know, there's a lot of money in keeping drugs illegal, whether it's from the cartels that are selling them or the cops that are arresting people and charging them and putting them in prison. There's a lot of profit to be made off of keeping drugs illegal. So as long as that is the case. And, uh, you know, the people kind of just abide by that being the way things are. I mean, I don't, I don't see like a real progression in our immediate future, which is kind of a downer, (laughs) but
0: Mm
2: -hmm. uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's just kind of the truth of times we live in.
0: I don't think I could have said that any better myself. (laughs) That was beautiful. Uh, so let's talk for a second about your, uh, psychiatric evaluation. Um, yes. I, I know you're, haven't gotten the results back yet, but how, how was that process or how do you think someone could go about, uh, setting one of those up themselves?
2: Oh, well I did a, uh, let's see, I asked my therapist or my counselor, uh, about, uh, she, you know, we had she was like, well, you've reached, you've reached a pretty consistent baseline. You know, I, I pretty much, you know, was who I was the same way for a long period of time is basically what that means, you know, without any outside influence. So maybe now would be a good time to go evaluate your brain. And I thought, well, that, that sounds great because she thought, and I thought, and we agreed that I had been medicating myself, uh, for things that might actually exist that might have a name. Uh, so, so I was curious, uh, and I, and I got some references from her, some links. And, uh, you know, and I think I can even found it in a pretty quick Google search and, you know, just sent, sent an email and said, I would like a psych evaluation for these things that I'm thinking of. And, uh, and they're like, okay, it was a very easy kind of setup. And I sent my insurance information. I don't, I don't think it was hundred percent covered by insurance. I'm sure you could find something and depending on your insurance.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but a lot of, a lot of the, you know, that medicine is insu- at least partially insurable. And, uh, my experience was very, very, uh, medical, you know, I'd go in and I would I would meet with this fella. His name's Alan, and uh, and Alan was extremely forgetful, uh, but which kind of humanized him to me. Uh, he was he had like forgot some things on our first appointment, and he had to we had to delay things a little bit. I'm like, okay, so I'm dealing with a person, so that's nice, uh, you know, not a robot. And uh, it was a lot of a lot of puzzles, a lot of memory things. They have me uh, look at a picture. You know, look at okay. Here's a. You know, here uh, he's a shape, you know, and then you know you have, you have all these blocks, and you have to make that shape with the blocks. Here, you have 15 seconds. It's like okay, it's like two colors, so you like make these shapes. Or he'd say a bunch of numbers, and I have to repeat the numbers. And then I have to he says a bunch of other numbers, and I have to repeat those numbers but backwards. Or he'll tell me a story, and and I have to then you know tell it back to him with the parts that I remember. You know what I mean? Or or he'd tell me a list of words, and I'd have to. Uh, uh you know, memorize them and repeat them back. And and it was and it was very exciting because I felt like I didn't know why I was doing all these puzzles and these memory games and these number associations and all this stuff. But I was like, I felt like I felt like I'd never done anything like that before. I was like, whatever I'm there's no right or wrong answer. It's all just explaining what your brain does based on these things and these studies that I mean I think, you know, probably have, you know, of historical value with like people that have decided that oh if you do this way on this test this is a sign towards this thing you know so i am i am so anxious to find out wow like about my brain
0: yeah i'd be curious to uh we should do a follow-up on that sometime i was gonna say yeah
2: i can either like do like a quick follow-up you (laughs) know what i mean we don't have to do a whole a whole nother joe episode well i (laughs) I would well i wouldn't mind that (laughs) well good that means you must
0: be enjoying yourself so that's great
2: Oh yeah, you know I love to talk. I have to, I created my own talk show just so I could get it out every week <laughs> and not, not annoy all my friends every time I see him. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a talker, but uh, yeah, and and it was really fun. And then uh, I filled out online. I filled out a questionnaire with the you know the classic sometimes you know often never I don't know like I do this I do that you know mm-hmm. like all the way from like I hear voices to you know, I don't know how to start things or I start a bunch of things I can't finish. You know, like really things about your personality that, you know, that you really have to kind of be honest with yourself. Like, do I do that? Am I like that? I don't know if I'm thinking about this line this long. Maybe it's a sometimes, <laughs> you know, it's uh, and I think I think being honest on on this, I kind of, you know, kind of it's hard because you want to a part of your psyche wants to be like, I'm fine. Like there's nothing like, uh, but at the same time, those questions do come up where it's just hits it right on the head. You're like, well, yeah, I do that. Is that weird? Like often I do that all the time, Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so yeah, I, I will find out on Friday. I have a phone call in the evening and, uh, and then, yeah, I'll, I can let you know when that happens and we can, we can check in. Awesome.
0: Yeah, because we, I've been doing a lot of online courses now lately uh, through like the Greater Good Science Center. And then I'll soon be starting one through the, um, to be like a practitioner of positive psychology. And one thing I've learned is that the common thing anyways, is that there's been, just tons and tons of studies. So when we say like, hey, you feel this way, you're not alone, you know, it's true. And a lot of times people don't even realize it, but even just picking up a few things, you know, if you don't feel you you can afford therapy for this amount of time or your insurance won't help it, I mean, even if you go once a month or every once in a while, that impact over time, it also gives you a lot of compassion and empathy towards other people and I think it just eventually brings us all together a little bit closer because we realize we're actually all just the same, trying to figure this this crazy life out all on our And things
2: things happen that you can't control, and you and I mean, you, it's it's kind of like it's even if you don't think you need a therapist, maybe just get one to have one for when bad things happen uh, because they're bound to happen. I heard this a lot recently. You know, like I'm so glad I had my therapist. I had a, I had a friend pass away recently. Uh, there's been the civil unrest in our city, mm. let alone like the global disasters happening. And I need, and w- as those things happen, like I'll get to my two weeks will come up and I'll be like, all right, well, I'm glad we had this scheduled because this whole thing happened to me yesterday. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm so glad I had that in place already. I didn't have to like find someone while I was dealing with these extreme emotions. So it's, I would suggest to people, maybe if you're feeling okay, even, you know, but you know that you have a hard time dealing with things as they pop up, like it's just, it's good to have, like, it's good to have that resource.
0: Yeah. I, I, uh, thankfully our insurance covers most of it. So I go every week and honestly, there's times I walk in there and think, well, it's been a great week. There's nothing to even talk about. And, and then as we're chatting, it's like, oh yeah, well, I guess this happened. And then maybe Catherine and I squabbled about something and, oh yeah, my friend said this and it oh, work. And, and you're like, it's, it's good to get that process all out there, but she'll also say well just think of all that stuff that happened to you this last week and you've built this re- resiliency that you you really didn't even think anything bad really happened this whole week right so that can speak volumes too as you start to kind of build your own <laughs> your brain habitually gets to be a little bit more uh resilient that way
1: stronger
2: absolutely and you you practice you practice little things little little tricks you know what i mean like counselors are full of little tricks little tricks for your brain you know, like when this happens, just, you know, just think of these certain things, make a list like this. And you're like, that's silly. And then you start doing it. You're like, well, that worked.
1: <laughs> it's like, we're all so concerned about going to the gym, you know, and trying to be fit and which is really good to, you know, want to be healthy because, you know, healthy body makes a difference in our life. But it's like the the counselors are just like the gym for your mind.
2: Absolutely. You know and and your mind, your brain is part of your body. It's a part of the whole deal. You know, so I mean, it's it's really sad. You know that that it's not. I mean, obviously, I'm an advocate for um, healthcare for everyone. Uh, you know, and, and which includes mental health care. You know, uh, and nutrition. You know, I mean, things that are kind of ignored by your medical professions because um, it's really it's it's a lot less. I like going back to this a lot less profitable uh, mm-hmm. to. You know, cause the preventative medicine, uh, you know, saves money. So the people that work in and pre- preventative medicine, uh, are just the best kind of people cause you can tell they're very, they're in it for, for good.
0: Yeah, i found uh, the term root function medicine or s- something like that. Those tend to be people I gravitate towards a little bit more nowadays. <laughs> right. Um, well, Joe, I know that you have to get to uh, some badass band practice, I'm guessing. So um, I have two things for you. One, um, I want you, if you have, leave us some kind of... Uh, really positive advice, something that's really helped you, and then we'll enter the shameless plug zone so you can tell us all hmm. about your your music and how we can find you.
2: Absolutely. Let me see my positive advice. Well, I've found that even a little bit of bitterness in your positivity, whether it's humor, uh, can really connect you to people. So even if you aren't shiny positive, I feel, I feel like uh, making a connection... Uh, Attempting to connect with other people, uh, being honest about who you are, creating boundaries uh, and really putting yourself first is extremely important, Uh, you know, and knowing what your triggers are in terms of your trauma, in terms of your anxiety, but also knowing what your triggers are in terms of your happiness. What are your happy triggers? What things can you do that without much reason at all makes you extremely happy and knowing those things uh, and utilizing those tools can, can greatly benefit your life. Even if it's as simple as one of my happy triggers is obviously my tiny, my kitten sized cat who I, I will take breaks in my day to go and visit. It's like, I know, I know that's just a shot of dopamine to my brain going to hang out with the cat. Like that. Um, so I guess that is a bunch of advice kind of rolled into one.
0: Yeah. I really like the happiness trigger because I don't think that's a term I've really technically come across or anyone's mentioned before. So it's like gravitate towards whatever releases that oxytocin and that, that good dopamine for you. Exactly. this stuff,
2: it. This yeah. And, and knowing what that is and, 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 you know, letting yourself have it, you know what I mean? Like letting yourself feel like you deserve it. I mean, obviously uh you know, we have to make sure that these are things that are positive, that are positive, and not harmful to yourself or others. You know, I mean, uh, you know, if your happy triggers are you know uh, violence and destruction, I mean, you got to find, got to be real careful about how you channel that stuff. Uh, but you know, there are ways. You know, people race cars around really fast on race tracks, and I think that's crazy. <laughs> but you know, it's all consensual, and you know, with all the safety they can muster. <laughs> Well,
0: you're a beautiful so, human being, Joe. You've done a great job, and I appreciate it.
2: Hey, I appreciate y'all you, uh, you doing this uh, this this podcast. You know, it, I you know, I think, I think if if folks are to find it, you know, maybe they can at least relate relate to the just the the human the humanity of it. You know, if you're just a couple people going out of your way to create a resource for other people to to understand themselves a little better. And I mean, uh, you know compared to what you could be doing which is nothing that's that's really cool <laughs> <laughs> we could have had negatively midwest but i didn't think that was a good right. idea <laughs> i mean you'd have a you have an, you'd,
0: it'd be easy to find guests for that too yeah uh. <laughs> <laughs> well uh let's enter the shameless plug zone joe and tell us all about uh you and and what you're currently up to with music and how to uh watch you listen to you and and all that Oh,
2: man, there are lots of ways. We'll, we'll start with Smokin' Joe. Smoking Joe is who I am. Uh, I, I wrote this as kind of my bio, but it's a Smoking Joe is a man, uh, which is me, but it's also a band consisting of anywhere from 2 to 12 members. Uh, Smokinjoeonline.com. Uh, no G, just S-M-O-K-I-N-J-O-E. Online.com is a really good way to connect with me personally. Uh, I also have custom songs you can order. Uh, I write songs about pets for people. Mm -hmm. I write custom songs for uh, people's anniversaries, uh, bar mitzvahs, whatever you need uh, a song for, uh, I do that. I also have uh, um, uh, the ability to book me to come and make and play dinner. So there's lots of ways to get uh, Joe shows. A lot of things I came up with in the pandemic as ways to to keep the music going without seeing too many people. And then my bands, uh, Iron Star, is a band. We're coming out with an EP very shortly. You I can go to ironstarband.com. There's dead Larry. That's deadlarry.org. Dead Larry is my 17 year old band. Uh, same four dudes since uh, we came up from Iowa. We formed in 2004 in high school and uh, we have been trucking along ever since. So, I mean, I know dead Larry is probably my most popular band. So, but we are actually playing some shows this year, which is very exciting. Um, Between the professional jobs and all the babies, we we will be playing. And then, of course, uh, the Galactic Get Down is my music festival. We have yet to announce our plans for this year, but I know we do have some. And then my company is Get Down Enterprises. And I do uh, booking management. I, uh, I help put on music events. I do advising for people that are, you know, either, you know, trying to get farther in the local music scene. I pretty much tend to stick to local and regional music. That's kind of where I found, uh, I'm, 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 my skills are utilized the best and, uh, What else do I do? Let's see. Oh, oh, last year I made this thing called Livestream Cover Challenge, which now has like 30,000 members on Facebook. So if you're a person that loves to play covers and likes attention on the internet, check out Livestream Cover Challenge on Facebook or LivestreamCoverChallenge.com. And other than that, oh, and then the practice I'm about to head head to uh, is a band that I just joined called Illure. And it's a woman named Elizabeth Gondor and her singing and songwriting. And I am just starting to be their bass player. So I uh, we've done one show so far. And we have a big show at the end of the month in northern Iowa called Blake's Visual Emporium. It's in Okoboji, Iowa. And that has Dead Larry and Allure both playing. So I will be playing a couple sets at the end of the month. And you can check that out at bveparty.com.
1: You are a man of many hats there, Joe.
2: Yeah, people are like, Joe, how do you make a living, you know, with the local music industry? I'm like, there's one word I have for you. It is diversify. Yeah. <laughs> like, that- oh, you like music? What kind? I got music for you. Like, <laughs> you know. I uh, I don't know. I just try I try and be the guy that I always needed when I was a up and coming like young nerd rocker. So I, I seek out the nerds and the rockers and try and try and see. See what they can do for them.
0: Well, you're doing it, and you're doing a great job, and we appreciate having people like you out in the world.
2: Hey, likewise, yeah. So um, so mostly I always make sure to reconnect with you all at the end of the week uh, and make sure – Uh, We can schedule a little pop in and I can be like, oh, my gosh, I found out that I'm this or like, actually, I have no medicatable symptoms, so I don't know what's happening. I guess I'm just this way. You know, who knows? It's a it's it's uh, right now. I'm 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 very curious. So I'm happy to come back and 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 satiate everyone else's curiosity as well.
0: Yeah, that would be awesome. You would be the first uh, second interview. So it'd be smoking Joe part deuce. (laughs) <laughs> yes, you know,
2: and you know I can talk. I mean, I'm sure
0: you know. And d- depending on what's going on in the world and in this city, we might have a lot to talk about. So most definitely, awesome. Well, thank you again for being on. I think we're gonna drop your episode this coming Wednesday, actually, because it's been pretty fluid. I don't have to edit or anything. So cool. Um, well, well drop-
2: uh, I will make sure to give that a share, and uh, all my fans that are listening, make sure to give Positively Midwest a like on all of their. You know, all of their uh, various pages, Facebooks, YouTubes. Oh, YouTube, too. YouTube.com slash and Joe Music. I got a lot of stuff on there, folks. I got, like, episodes of Smoke and Joe Show, pet songs, random videos. Check it out. It'll be cool.
0: Perfect. a uh, boy. Cool.
1: <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, right. Joe.
0: Thanks, Joe. Well, you have a very good band practice, and tell everyone you know that Steve says hi. Absolutely. Will do. Thanks, Steve. Thank you, you so much. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, what'd you think of that?
1: You know, I love meeting these guys that really have gone through this. And, you know, I think what inspires me the most is that instead of just running away and hiding away and being like never putting himself into this situation of being around alcohol again, he's like, it's out there. It's part of the world. It's what my friends do. So he has learned how to do that, be around them have his willpower of being able to say no well, so he can still have his social interactions, you know, but while knowing what's best for him.
0: Well, and we always talk about being part of the example in the world too. And not that everyone has an alcohol problem, but because it is so prominent, you know, he's out there continuing to be part of the change that's possible. Maybe he's in a group of people, and like he mentioned, at some point somebody is considering that, and they're like, "How can he do this?" and and so on. And now he's proven that it's possible to do that, and it is a constant battle, you know. But then he took took it a step further, and he went through the mental health, uh, you know, counseling, and now he's doing the psych evaluation. So he's continuing to grow, and so I've been doing counseling now for well. Years, a couple years, two years, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and it it does constantly evolve, and now it's uh put me into a place where I want to learn more about it. So, I'm taking the online courses, and by no means would I consider myself a counselor or psychiatrist when I'm done, but I'll be able to help. People just, you know, take it to another level, you know, or maybe introduce you more into, because my personality is a lot different than some. So maybe you connect with me and you're like, wow, I never would have thought that he'd be going to counseling or, or he had these struggles. He's always so happy and, and so on. But at one point in my life, that was just a cover up. And, uh, you know, I was really feeling bad inside. So it happens to everybody. I think every single person gets depressed at some point in their life. And uh, it's it's great that there's people like him out there that are willing to tell us these stories. And and uh, I am proud of ourselves for continuing to do this and uh, coming along with with us. And we're 68 and counting.
1: Yeah. You know, and the one thing about Joe taking that psyche val is he's wanting to learn more about himself. So what he's trying to find is, you know, things that maybe he didn't realize were affecting him. It's all about getting to know who you are, taking time. You know, we've talked about that. Okay. Your mental check-in today. How are you? Truly. How are you? You know, stop and talk to yourself in a minute and take time to analyze how you're feeling. You know, we all deserve that. So it's great to get to know yourself a little bit better.
0: Yeah. And there's more shit out there today than there ever has been. So be the light, be the change just help each other out a little bit and just don't be such a jerk sometimes. Just help each other out. Yeah. And if you are being a little rude, then find out why. Because it's inside you. Mm -hmm. And everybody's got the capability because we had to build this world together at one time. So let's keep building it. Don't be tearing it down.
1: All right, all right. Close it up. Yeah, yeah. Are you sure? Um, like I think so, but I could totally go for hearing a little John Wayne in the pain right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Thank you all from the
0: bottom of our hearts for listening to the Positively Midwest podcast. Our hope is to inspire, engage each other's thoughts, and leave you with some great advice. Be sure to join our Facebook group and follow us on Instagram at Positively Midwest Podcast. Make sure you like, comment, share, and screenshot our podcast with all of your cool friends. Every little bit helps. We are on most all major platforms, and you can stream it on our website at PositivelyMidwest.com. Thank you, and as always, please always stay positive.